This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listen to The Brad Keller Show every Tuesday at 9.35 on Fesco in the Morning. And welcome back to Chiefs Training Camp Special. Jay Binkley with the Sports Machine. Sean Levine, Rocco producing the operation. Out here, Chiefs uh, in practice right now. They're in the uh, special teams portion. They've already gone. They're actually doing some seven-on-seven work here as they're utilizing uh, both fields. Glad they were able to do this outside today, even with a little bit of rain. Just keep the lightning away. These fans came up here. They want to see the practice today. But it's good seeing fans back. Uh, this is real good to see the fans back. Cause last weekend, they weren't here because of the rookies. But I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. He comes on with the drive each and every week. Came on with them uh, yesterday. And uh, here's Patrick uh, with CDOT. Uh, it's going good, man. Hot out here, but it's going good. Absolutely, Pat. It's been a long time since we've talked, and every time we talk, you're off doing something. You're in Lake Tahoe playing golf with Justin Timberlake. You're on the cover of Madden. You've got a new child. You've had a very busy offseason. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, pretty busy, but uh, being able to soak up uh, as much time to relax and be with the fam. So, Patrick, let's say that it is June 6th, for example. It is late at night. Baby is crying. Baby gets up in the middle of the night. Who has to get up, you or Brittany? Uh, Brittany's been doing it for the most part. But I'll tell you what, man. That we've we've uh, been blessed. Started sleeping all the way through the night. She has been for a little bit now. Uh, I know my. I've been sitting there. I know my second baby's going to be uh, a one now. Wait, night trying to sleep. Right now, we're talking to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, so you are now part owner of Sporting. You're part owner of the Royals. You're part owner of Sporting. You also keep close, very tabs with the women's soccer team because of your fiance. When did you start to feel like Kansas City was your home where the community embraced you, but you also had that same love back towards this community? I mean, it was it was pretty um, uh, immediate. I mean, uh, from the moment that I got here, I mean, from coming down, even the, on, after the draft day, uh, Kansas City embraced me fully. Um, and they, they've shown me support. They've shown my family support. They've really uh, welcomed everybody in with open arms and be part of it. Uh, for a long time, being a part of these different organizations that have been staples in Kansas City and that they support, uh, it's just the, the first step of being here for a very long time. Right now, you're sort of our de facto ambassador to the world with how many people you come into contact with. You certainly come into contact with people who have never been to Kansas City before. What's your message to sort of sell them to come visit? Biggest thing that I talk about is the people. Uh, I mean, I, I talk about how uh, they embrace you, they love you, they, sh- they show you love no matter where you're from. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, we have some of the, the best sports teams uh, uh, around the country, and to be able to have them in Kansas City with the, the support that we have as a fan base uh, is second to none. You have been following the Olympics. I've been following the Olympics. It's one of those things where you like randomly find yourself watching water polo in the middle of the night, and you're like, how, did, how have I not been watching this? This is so enjoyable. So let's say that you could become an Olympic-level athlete at anything. What would you pick? I would, I would for sure either be track or swimming. 
Why is that? I would have to do because first of all, I w- I've always wished I was fast, like preschool. So uh, I, that that would be um, the, the hundred meter running in that hundred meter would be awesome. And then the, to see the swimming and how competitive it is, and how it's like no matter who gets in that final heat, they can win. Um, and then the close, how close those finishes are, uh, those things get you uh, excited every single time. I know your job is hard, and not a lot of people obviously can do it. But I watch that swimming, and I'm thinking. You just swam for two minutes doing this breaststroke, and you don't seem very tired. Like they seem like otherworldly when they do this. Oh, a hundred percent. And like you see, like Katie Ledecky doing like fifteen hundred meter freestyle swimming, and she's just going. And and every single time she's doing fifty meters, it's exactly the same time. You're like, how do you be that consistently fast swimming for that long? I mean, it, it's truly remarkable. So Usain Bolt actually said that he would race Tyreek Hill. Who do you think wins that race? Man, I mean, it's going to be a tough one, but, I mean, I'm always taking my guy Tyreek, man. I'm taking him versus anybody. But uh, if it's a 40, I think Tyreek has at least a chance. Uh, they start getting a little bit longer. You know, you say start building speed pretty quickly there, the long legs. But I'll take Tyreek in a 40. There are many people I would take in a race over Tyreek Hill. That might be the one person I'm like, nah, he got you, bro. He got you. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely uh, he's going to have the odds in his, I mean, Odds in his favor with Usain's, uh, Usain. So uh, Tyreek might have a good odds on him, so I might have to those odds. On a very serious note, because I think you're the perfect person to ask this question to, you obviously know the backstory with Simone Biles and everything that's happened. You're one of the few athletes in this country that can identify with the level of pressure and expectations. How do you deal with those pressures and expectations? I've, I've actually done stuff with my uh, mental health and, and trying to those and, and, and really internalize and that perspective uh, of that pressure since college. Uh, Kingsbury had a, uh, kind of a guy come in and talk to me about different stuff like that. Um, and then having people around you that you can talk to, I think, is a big thing. Um, uh, being able to talk with people around you that you trust and that you love um, and, and try to keep it in perspective of, I mean, we're trying to do the best and be the best at what we are, but at the same time, it's just a sport. It's, it's, it's not your whole entire life. I think if you keep it in perspective, um, um, you, can, you can go out there and, and, and be the best that you, that you want to be. I was actually talking to one of my good friends, Jeremy, about this, and you live or you work in one of the few professions in which people can see you fail in real time. Most people live at a job, and if they have a bad day at work, it's just not public. It's not broadcasted that you live in a world in which people see your heights, people see your lows, people see all these things. And I can understand how if you're a 21, 22-year-old person, that that would be a lot of pressure and expectation if, like, you constantly have to live up to. Yeah, hundred percent. And then in the uh, the constant battle that you have to have, you know, you're, that you're at the top of your game every time you're in those things. And four uh, four years, pretty much every single day, so that she can she can be at the Olympics and be at these World Championships and be performing at the best of her ability. Um, and so for her, if it, just like kind of other guys have done and and, re- and retired and came back to the sport or or sat out different things, I mean, it was the best thing for her at that time. And then she'll be back. She'll be better. Um, and uh, I'm sure she'll win uh, more goals for uh, for us as USA. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, for a couple of more minutes. Patrick, the last time you and I talked, the Big 12 was in great standing. Now when we have this conversation, they are not in great standing. What's your take on what's happening with Texas and Oklahoma and making the move to the SEC? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, as someone that's kind of a traditionalist, it's, it's, it's sad to see, I mean, with uh, those rivalries that, you, that they have, the Big 12 conference. Um, but at, at the same time, people evolve, people change, and I know Texas Tech will, will find a way to, to persevere through through this and, and find a way to be in the best situation possible whenever that does happen and they do either continue the Big 12 with other teams or go somewhere else. Um, I'm just excited for the new opportunity that we'll have, and, and I know that we'll be the fearless champions that we always are. 
If you had to pick, where would you like Texas Tech to go? I'm not sure if the SEC is a viable plan. Do you think they make sense in the Pac-12? Would you like to go somewhere else? Like, if they came to you and said, what's your suggestion on where we should go, what would you tell them? Uh, for me, I mean, it's either you, either you find a couple of teams like Houston, SMU, or something like that, get in the Big 12, or you just go to the Pac-12. I mean, those Arizona schools are right there. Colorado's right there. Uh, it might be a little, little bit of a trip to Washington and then Washington State, but I think we can, we can make, some, make some good stuff happen out there in the Pac-12, so that would probably be it for me. I'm going to give you a chance to shout out like one of your old like stomping grounds back when you were in college. So like, keeping it with this, you obviously know about name, image, and like. Let's say that some Lubbock company comes to a young Patrick Mahomes and says, we want you to endorse our brand. Name, image, and likeness. What would you have picked back in college? Man, dude, there's, there's so many out there in Lubbock. Um, uh, so many of those like hometowny, hometowny uh, little places. But I'm sure there'd be a couple companies that would uh, – that would you know, reach out to me, especially in Lubbock. It's like Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas is like its own country, man. There's nothing else out there but Lubbock. Something tells me that you would have never had to pay for any meals while you were the quarterback at Texas Tech. No, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't have been many. Last thing here, today I saw the video with you, your fiancé, and your daughter. When you get in the Madden thing, pretty cool. Like I, I know you maybe expected to be 99 because you were 99 last year, but the whole video production was actually really well done. I thought uh, Brittany... Uh, and they did a great job of presenting uh, wanted to be 99 on Mad. I mean, uh, yeah, as a little kid, you dream about that stuff. And uh, that's stuff that we uh, that we all want to do. So, uh, I mean, every single year, and, uh, to, be able to get that, uh, especially at the beginning of the year, and be a 99, is your hard work paying off. That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Patrick, man, I always appreciate your time, man. Thank you. No, thank you. There you go. That's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, that joins uh, 610 Sports Radio each and every week on the drive. So, you see this uh, tweet here, uh, Levine, from uh, Tom Pelissero. says, in an interview with Judy Batiste on NFL Network, Roger Goodell still reiterates the league should have full stadiums. So, there will be plans to adapt, so that's a, that's a good thing. These fans out here, they want this, man. <laughs> you hear them cheering for everything, man. Every little catch that they, that's made out here at training camp, they love to see. And they want to be here because in the past you just kind of showed up, and now you were telling me that you got to get online and download an app and reserve your spot. Like, these people that are out here, they want to be here. A little bit more sophistication to get out of here. It's not just get in the car and go up to St. Joe. Let's hope that the stadiums are full. I mean, last year, obviously, with the pandemic and all the stuff going on, the entire world was set on its side and nothing was normal. But it just it, it's kind of felt like the last couple of months with live gates and actual, you know, humans and cheering and emotions in the stands. It feels a lot more normal, if you will. So I'm I'm hoping and praying, fingers crossed, that there's going to be 80,000 people at Arrowhead. That's what it's supposed to be. Chiefs have now moved on to another drill. Again, they'll practice until right around 11 o'clock or so up here at St. Joe. No practice uh, tomorrow, full practices, of course, next week for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're very easy to get. Just go on. I mean, even tested it and said, okay, there's tickets available. Just go on and get them. You, do have to, you don't have to sit in those reserve spots, but you do have to get your ticket to come up here. And parking is like five bucks, so it's still less than a high school game to go up here. And these fans are definitely excited to be up here watching the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Jay Binkley. It's a sports machine, Sean Levine. Our phone number, 913-576-7610. If you have any camp questions or our text line, Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-576-7610. We come back. We already talked about the bubble for this team. Talk about the chip on the shoulder for this team. as we've, It's been evident so far, the business-like approach they've taken to camp. We'll discuss that next. 
Coverage from training camp with Jay Binkley continues on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Tune in for the Brad Keller Show every Tuesday at 935 this season during Fesco in the Morning on your exclusive home for Royals baseball. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. And welcome back to the Chiefs training camp special, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Jay Binkley with the Sports Machine. Sean Levine up here at St. Joe, Missouri Western, watching Chiefs practice today. It's been the first full week of veterans. They showed up uh, practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're out here today. And by the way, Chris Jones just made a sweet move. Unfortunately, it happened against Orlando Brown. I kind of almost feel like Levine watching this sometimes like a spring game. So can you make cheer when your offense scores a touchdown in the spring game? But that means your defense gave up something bad. I mean, it's great to cheer on, but again, you care about the guy on the other side, too, needing to step up. It's like a spring game. I'm like rooting, you're back in your KU days. I'm rooting more on the deep, for the defensive side of the ball in training camp because I think we know what this offense is, and this offense is somewhere between really, really good, great, and the best of all time. Like, I think that the ceiling for this team, depending on what Clyde Edwards Alaire in this offensive line is, could literally make them a 35-point game-type team. But even if they're not that, they're going to score 30 the same way that they did last year. Defensively, there's a couple of questions, and there's no better way to improve your defense than coming out in training camp and going up against this offense every single day. There's no question about it. When you're going against this offense every single day of practice, you're seeing the best of the best, and it only makes the defense sharper. I remember when Spags got here, even Mahomes would make you know some of the comments, like, man, the defense showed us some looks, gave you some blitzes, some things that I saw, but... This approach by this team, Sean, it's there's a reason why most of these guys did show up to OTAs. They didn't have to. Remember the CBA said you didn't have to show up. So a lot of these guys, it was an option, but they did show up for the most part. And even Miles Garrett in Cleveland was at an OTA, and Baker Mayfield was doing some practice down, down in Austin where he went to high school with Jarvis Landry. Some of the guys came down there with him. And Miles Garrett was asked a question. It's uh, Tony Grossi asked him, a reporter in Cleveland, said, hey, the Chiefs are showing up for OTAs. He specifically mentioned the Chiefs. You know, you guys got like 30 guys missing. The Chiefs are like mostly there. And Miles Garrett was like, well, you know, we'll have to show them in week one or something like that. But, you know, he was there. So you're asking the guy that was there about the guys that weren't there. So who knows what kind of answer you're going to get. But the bottom line is this team, from when they've talked, when Mahomes has, you know, been to the golf tournaments and he said the 20-0, which is that should be the goal of every single individual to play in an organized sport to win every game. You guys say, well, we're going to lose three or four. We just don't know. what. No, you don't say that. So you won't win every game. It's bottom line what you got to do. But they've had this attitude, even when Kelsey talked on Sirius XM NFL Radio, said we can't call last year a success because we didn't win the Super Bowl. I liken it sometimes. I don't know. You're, you're a Jayhawk guy, Levine. Jayhawks, like, do they really get that excited when Bill Self brings out those 14 Tiffany glass bowls for winning 14 straight Big 12 titles? Or do they get more excited when the banner gets lowered from going to the Final Four? I can't imagine that there's some dude out there, probably is listening right now, that owns a T-shirt for every one of those Big 12 championships. That or you know someone about. does. Well, that's the same thing with the AFC West. I yeah. mean, at some point, you got to stop buying that AFC yeah, West. Yeah, you got to stop buying those five, five, five years now. And you actually got to stop getting your AFC championship gear, too, because now this, if you think about it, you were talking about the pressure that this team has and the expectations they've set for themselves. We're now in year five. Of Patrick Mahomes. This is the training game. Isn't that crazy? I, I, I know it's crazy, but we're, it is year, crazy. we're now in year five of Patrick Mahomes, and this is how the lineage is gone. Back up, right? AFC Championship game, lost in overtime, won the Super Bowl, 
lost the Super Bowl. Oh, he was, he was MVP the year before that, by the way. The year he didn't Thanks win for reminding me. And here we are in year five. So it's not like you talk about these other teams, Buffalo and Baltimore and Indy. If they say it's Super Bowl or bust, they're lying to themselves and their expectations are too high. For a team like the Chiefs and even for a fan base, that's exactly where your expectations should be because they've created that. This football team last year, well, they went 14 games. 14. Right? Franchise record. And it feels like they probably. Andy Reid's never done that. They probably could have and should have won that Raiders game. We all know what happened the last game of the season. To, to, to put that 20-0 out there or that 16-0, you know at some point Fesco's going to jump on the mic after a couple of weeks and say, see, I told you so. Here they're another going to win 50 games. This team was not too far last year from going undefeated, from winning every single game they played, and now it feels like they're even hungrier because they're not coming off of the Super Bowl win. They're coming off the Super Bowl loss. That 31-9 Super Bowl score, the only time Patrick Mahomes is beat by a touchdown. Imagine that. The only, this goes back to Texas Tech. He had the worst scoring defense in college football Tech. Every time he went on the field, he had to score points. That's the way he did in the NFL. He's never lost by one to one touchdown. It's crazy. He bet he did in the Super Bowl. And there's 31 to 9. And the Bucks got 319 diamonds. And I, and, I, and I don't think that I don't think that Patrick Mahomes or the Chiefs got figured out in the Super Bowl last year. I think that the offensive line was makeshift. And I think that the Bucks had not only a great game plan, but they had the right players to slow down and stop the Chiefs. The way the game played out, and let's just call it what it is, getting their asses kicked the way they did was very surprising. But I also think that the Chiefs are able to look themselves in the mirror, recognize that they're bringing back pretty much every important piece from not only the team, but the training staff and the coaching staff also. Does anybody is it was anybody willing to put their money that Tampa gets back to the Super Bowl? Because I know a lot of people that are willing to put their money the Chiefs are going to get back. Well, you look at the NFC. I mean, maybe the Packers get back. They've been the back-to-back title games. You know, they, the Bucks. The Bucks, by the way, were seven and five when the Chiefs played them in the regular season. They did. They, they won nine straight games since that Chiefs game. They lost the regular season to the Chiefs, but they did outscore the Chiefs seventeen to seven second half. Light bulb came on for them, right? It took them a while, but they got acclimated and they went rolling. But they got some competition in the NFC. I think they have more competition to get back to the Super Bowl than the Chiefs do in the AFC. But the bottom line is they've got this. I always considered them the year that they won the Super Bowl, the Hunter, like going out to prove themselves. They made the AFC title game the year before, the Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I know this year, I know Dusty said the revenge tour. I know the Chiefs have used the revenge tour. It's kind of take it back to me, too, because in the AFC, there's no revenge. They own the top perch. I guess revenge is against the Buccaneers. I mean, that's the team that, that, that knocked them off their championship but until buffalo until cleveland until these guys start being the chiefs it's the chiefs now the chiefs i think are still the hunted yeah because the bills the ravens they're also browns are all circling the chiefs got to beat them but i think the chiefs have kind of turned it back into that hunter role looking for that ring again like that's what makes them scary you take a good team put a chip on their shoulder that's what's tough whenever you take a team like this give them added motivation I also think that there's a pretty clear separation between what the Chiefs have done and all these other teams that we talk about. We almost talk about them like they're a figment of our imagination, like the Cleveland Browns. If we think that they're the second, if they're the biggest threat to the Chiefs, what has Cleveland really done? I mean, you can't have that conversation with the Chiefs. If, if you say, okay, what have the Chiefs really done the last few years? Do you want me to say it again? AFC Championship game, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. What has Cleveland done? What has Baltimore done? What has Buffalo done? Sean, in your lifetime, they'd only been the one before this run of AFC title games. And never, My lifetime, too. And never hosted an AFC championship never. game, and now they do it every single year. So I just don't want to pretend like that Baltimore and Buffalo and Cleveland can be mentioned the same breath with the Chiefs based on their accomplishments. Maybe this year. 
they're going to be better than the Chiefs. Maybe they've had the improvements. Maybe they've got their number. But if we're talking about what the past few years have been, don't bring up Baltimore. Don't, don't bring up Lamar Jackson. I'm starting to sound like Stephen A. Smith now. What the hell is – what has Lamar Jackson really done? Because when the game gets the biggest and you're playing against the other great quarterbacks, that's when you really have to shine. And we've seen Patrick Mahomes come up big, save the Super Bowl, almost every other game of his career – I can't say that about Josh Allen. I certainly can't say that about Baker Mayfield. And I know I can't say that about Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen got more MVP votes than Mahomes. Which is is 0-2 against Mahomes, by the way. Come on. Just say, Rodgers got the MVP. He always cries that they don't give him weapons. They give him weapons, all right? Bottom line. But Josh Allen finished second. He's got to beat this guy. Trust me. He knows it. He knows he's got to beat this guy to be valid. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes more and his quest to stay the most dominant quarterback in the NFL. Plus... When we sit here trying to camp eight years from now, who's still going to be here? We'll discuss that next. Coverage from training camp with Jay Binkley continues on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Chiefs training camp special right here on the campus of St. Joe, Missouri Western. We're out here at Chiefs practice, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Jay Binkley, the sports machine, the training camp machine. They got the me out of my machine. cave, Bink. Sports machine. Your boy is back. Sean Levine. By the way, all the people that are texting in all the kind words about me, I I shed a tear. Oh, you got it up now? I, I, I shed a tear. I really appreciate that. It's, it's good to be back talking to you guys. Y'all are my people. Sports machine is back. Don't forget you can send in some, some comments and texts or give us a call, 913-576. 7-6-10, Jody Fortson's made a couple nice catches out here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there uh, well, They should be wrapping up here 10, 15 minutes or so. Everything is timed out, man. It's air horns. These guys know where they're going. It's kind of why I knew in the pandemic this team would be fine because Andy Reid and coaching staff, nobody wants these coaches. They keep winning, but nobody wants them. We'll talk about that being a secret ingredient. But then we were talking about Mahomes and, like, who's trying to catch him. Well, to catch him, you got to beat him. Like, Tom Brady, he beat him in the Super Bowl. But Tom's about done, right? Tom's in another division. Tom's already submitted his legacy in the NFL. Who's that next guy? Like, they've been waiting on Lamar Jackson. He's a league MVP, 0-3 against Mahomes. Josh Allen, 0-2. Baker Mayfield gets beat by Mahomes in the playoffs. Like, Justin Herbert, he's 0-1 against them because Mahomes didn't start that last game against the Chargers, even though the Chargers would try to have you believe that he did, but he didn't. He didn't play in that game. The Chiefs had a lot of their backups in that game. They had the number one seed locked up. But everybody's searching for that quarterback. And I remember talking to uh, our friend, the late Torres Paylor. He's like, I was like, what do you do in the draft, man? Should you go corners? Because we've seen corners. Denver goes out and gets Ronald, or Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby. They draft Patrick Sutan. Cleveland brought in, they drafted cornerback number one, first round. They brought in two defensive backs from the Rams. Okay, pass rush, maybe. Try to apply pressure to Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs countered that with their new offensive lineman. Like, who's going to step up? Like, Josh Allen's got to beat him. Like, is there any quarterback you look at and say on the same level? Because every team is looking at the Chiefs, and they think they have a real problem for a long time. First of all, you bring up the name Therese, and rest in peace to our friend. This, yeah. He'd be out here, and we'd be, oh, he'd Hunter, be chopping he'd it up with hat. Him. Yeah, he'd have this bucket hat He'd probably on. be traveling around to different camps now, too. He'd stop at this one, but since he's covering the NFL, he loves camps. He loves camps. Oh, that guy. Lo- he, that guy lo- he was built for this stuff. He loved it. He'd, tell, he'd always tell us how much he loves football. He loved him some training camp. There's no question about it. I'm curious. Hit us up on the text line, 913-576-7610. If we can all agree in this room, this room being St. Joe, that 
Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and if anybody that has a brain cell was going to start a franchise, they'd take that guy. <laughs> who's next? Like, who's next? I don't know if there's a correct answer to that question because if you're maybe trying to build toward the future, maybe it's in the division. Maybe it's Justin Herbert. Could be. He's got to back it up. And this is this is a telltale year for him. New head coach, Brandon Daly. I felt weird saying that. Is it too soon to say that he's that good? I think Josh Allen is at this point. He's 0-2 against Mahomes, but he's he's taking their bills. I'd put Allen number two, put Lamar Jackson number three. I just don't see a lot of separate. I'd put Lamar Jackson a clear number three, or as it would be Absolutely. number four behind those guys. Then you get Herbert. Mayfield, listen, I'm a little higher on him than others. I know he looked good the first year out, took a step back. He should look good, though. I mean, He's, he's not the, on the same block, he, Jay. He's, he's not in the same neighborhood. But you know what, though? He can be serviced because he's a great play-action quarterback. Now, they don't, he's got the best running game in the AFC. Got three all-pro offensive linemen. He doesn't have to do a ton. Cleveland might be, be serviceable, but he's not in that same level. The Browns as Mahomes, might have the second most talented roster on yeah. both sides of the ball. The problem, though, it keeps coming back to you know that guy that throws the football. I don't want to make Baker Mayfield more than he is. He's okay. No, I, I'm with you. It takes the other parts. Like they all got to be really special for them. Can you envision a scenario no. where, the, where the Chiefs play the Browns no. at Arrowhead no. for a fourth grade AFC championship? Can't see and it. Baker Mayfield comes in and beats Can't them. Can't see it unless for some reason number 15 is out of the game. Don't talk like that. I will which, wash he was against, which he was I against the Browns. Mouth, that was so. Which he was against the Browns. Seven forty-four left in the third quarter last year in the playoffs. He was out of the game, and it was Henny time. Any Henny given Sunday. For the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Chad Henney back here with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. They've got a couple um, undrafted guys. Anthony Gordon spent some time last year trying to get on a roster two years ago at Washington State. By the way, two years ago at Washington State, same conference as Justin Herbert. He threw for 2,000 more yards than oh. Justin Herbert. Well, he played Mike Leach's spread off. Oh, well, so. then he's our starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm just saying. Shane Bouchelle's here that was at Texas, transferred to SMU, trying to make this Chiefs roster as well we're out here at chiefs training camp they're still going out they're doing a few special teams the kickers starting to line up oh, i brought the, the words up who's going to be here in eight years it's gonna be mahomes and it might just be mahomes in eight years for this team i can't even guarantee andy Reid will be here in eight years with the kansas city chiefs so right now you fast forward eight years to now 2029 who's up here in st joe for the kansas city chiefs if they're here I would venture to say Patrick Mahomes and nobody else that we're looking at right now. I mean, think about unless Trey Smith gets that second contract and he's here, which could happen. Eight, eight years? You're talking about? In, oh, in, we're, we're talking. Yeah, you, these in, guys would have to get the second contract. You do. Kelsey's know. done. Tyreek Hill being his mid thirties. That's the average shelf life for an NFL player is about three years. And you're asking me in eight years who's still going to be here? Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who the coach is going to be. I don't know who the tight end is going to be. I don't know who the wide receivers are going to be on the defensive side. I do know that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes should at that point have a fistful of Super Bowl rings if things go right in eight years. So what every team is looking for. I mean, they're all looking. It's why you see the Dwayne Haskins, Josh Rosens of the world, Jettison, maybe the Tua's down in Miami. He's got to prove something. Saying he doesn't the playbook didn't help his case. But you got to start proving something or the teams are going to keep throwing darts at quarterbacks trying to get the next Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's not a good idea. He's got to do it. It's amazing that he slipped what he did. The Chiefs were fortunate because of the Buffalo Bills. I would not try to fight fire with fire. I would try to fight fire with water. You know, like maybe try to build your defense and not try to score 35 points when the Chiefs are putting up 34 every single week. That's going to be a tough, tough thing to do. Think about the Buffalo Bills and their mark really on the AFC and the NFL. Because they're the direct cause of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the two best quarterbacks in the AFC in my opinion. They traded down to let the Chiefs take Mahomes. Then they were able to get Josh Allen later. But this common denominator is Buffalo. 
Now, would they have been better off taking Patrick Mahomes 100%? They would give you the Niagara Falls to have Patrick Mahomes yeah. out there in Buffalo. Not sure which direction the Chiefs would have gone that way. Kansas City Chiefs practice. Sean Levine, Jay Binkley here. We'll talk about Chris Jones in defense. Speaking of Chris Jones, he's the one that got the crowd fired up here. He, these, these players love the crowd out here. Trust me, they're seeing the crowd. They're waving the towels, getting them up. Chris Jones, the people's guy, man. This guy, man, the people. Cody and Gold were interviewing him last week, and Cody went and got him a snow cone there, and he prolonged the interview, talked to Gold. Well, Cody went over here to Kona Ice. Yo, these snow cones. It's like what you would go. Which one did you get? I got the Tiger Blood. Tiger Blood. And at first, like. That's shocking with you. It's not a hawk. I'd prefer it to be the hawk blood, but it is what it is. Yeah, the stuff is just unbelievable, although my mouth is a, what was in it? a different shape. I, I honestly want to say it has a hint of coconut in okay. it, but I feel like I sound crazy saying that I had coconut in my whatever the hell that thing's called. What you with your ice? Poured it out. Poured it out. Yeah. Well, he, you know what? He took that. Chris Jones, was a, he was speaking to the media as well. He brought that with him over there. Do you drink the extra juice? Like I, yeah, the ice of course. Is gone? Do of you course really? Of course I do. Bro, that is disgusting. That is one. I st- love the extra juice. That is it. one step up from eating Cheetos than licking your fingers. You're a grown man. I do that Jay too. Binkley. What is the matter with you? I pee in pools too. Jerry, are you single? <laughs> no. Okay. I well, do everything like that. But, you know, neither of us are a machine, but uh, really we're not pe- perfect. Do you really pee in pools? Yeah, I have. It was, the- it was a topic uh, last week. But I have. Tell me. I know you have. As I a, know you have. Of course I have. Thank you. As a child, and I was still peeing a hot tub as an adult. Oh, really? As an adult, same thing as hot tub pool, same thing. I feel like maybe the heat like counteracts it a little bit. But no, as an adult, you're telling me you'd go to the public pool and urinate. <laughs> you're disgusting. I need some cone eyes. You're Life, disgusting. Live from St. Joe, Chiefs training camp, J. Binkley, the oh, sports machine, goodness. Sean Levine. We'll hash this out. When we come back, we'll talk some Chris Jones. The Chiefs will be doing some press conferences here in just a little bit, getting ready to wind down this Saturday practice. Talk Chris Jones next. Coverage from training camp with Jay Binkley continues on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Chiefs training camp. Jay Binkley, Sean Levine, the sports machine. Rocco producing the operation up here at St. Joe, Missouri Western. Chiefs, uh... Yeah, they get this practice in the day. They did sprinkle in the parking lot. Sean Levine, there was some lightning around here, which they will not practice in lightning. They will move it indoors. Sounds safe. Luckily, that lightning went away. I know Texas and other people in the city. It's hit or miss wherever you are. But I will say this about that rain, Sean. That rain was a blessing in disguise. It did open up and pour here on the fans here at St. Joe. But you know what it also did? It cooled the hell out of things. It calmed us all down. We're in the 80s now. A little bit humid, a little bit sticky because of rain. But that heat did break when that rain came do you know how much of a jerk you sound like you've got a tent over you i i don't care i told you i don't care everybody else is wearing a ridiculous fashion faux pas known as the poncho and you're just sitting here bragging about how you've got something covering your head good for you jay no i don't i I honestly don't care glad you're coming rain feels good how many Mahomes jerseys do you think are out here remember the days we'd come out here to be a shama chappelle jersey yeah priest holmes jersey still I remember back in the day you see a Sylvester Morris jersey every now and again. Yeah. I, I would say that 63% of the jerseys that I'm looking at are number 15. Absolutely. And I think that when you get into Arrowhead, it's upwards of 83%. You still see some Derek Thomases. You still see some Tony Gonzalez's. Every now and again, yeah, you'll see like a, a Travis Kelsey or a Tyree Kill. But, I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to go out there and buy a Kansas City Chiefs jersey, are you not going to buy the Patrick Mahomes? The question is, what color are you getting? Well, I've never bought a jersey since Derek Thomas, to be honest with you, uh, Levine. But you, you subscribe to my roster rules. Like, if you're three spins, 
you do not wear the 150. If the one and five stretches out, like you got to go to linemen, you got to wear a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. If, you, if you're a heavier set dude, kind of not fat, but maybe go linebacker. So just know your role. Like get the jersey that corresponds. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody three spins fitting in the Mahomes or a Tyree Kill. So you're you a, can't do that. You're a bigger fella. Would you? I am totally lying. Would Would you rock like a uh, like a McCall Hartman jersey? The Trey Smith would be me. Okay. Trey Smith would be me. Trey Smith or Chris Jones. I'd go defensive line. Go anything in the '90s or go off the '60s, '70s, something like that. I would definitely do a Trey Smith. You, might, you might want to invest in the Colin Saunders, my friend, on number 99. But I'm not but, saying. But I'm I know just, Trey Smith's going to be here saying. for a while. Colin Saunders, I can't guarantee he'll be here after this camp. Hey, there's a few guys that are like that, really. That yeah. A couple of years ago, were drafted. And now you're looking at going. I wonder if this guy's going to even end up making the roster. Well, one of the hot topics, and we see this guy right in front of us, Chris Jones, talking about him. Waving the crowd, pumping him up, trying to get him excited. This guy is the man of the people. He's the one that got that snow cone the other day from Cody. Not a lot of guys do that kind of stuff. Chris Jones is just wired that way. He likes the people. The people like Chris Jones. He's an electric personality. Fans here cheering for him as the Chiefs are now huddled in the middle. They'll, they'll get done with practice here, and the Chiefs will talk here in a minute. But a lot of fans up here. I mean, it's standing room only. ton of fans. Still room over there on the berm, but full fans here. It's good to see the fans back here in St. Joe. But one of the guys, Chris Jones, because it's, it's been talked about, and we all know he's moving to the outside. The media loves it, Sean. I mean, you know, the, the digital media, it, when you see the, the newspapers, the uh, or the, uh, excuse me, the news stations, you know, legal. Chris Jones found the new position. Well, kind of. Kind of. Let's not get crazy. But if you pay attention to what's been said all along with the Chiefs and the position move, you have to go back to May 27th when Steve Spagnola was addressing the media during the OTAs when he's the first one then everybody caught wind of this when a couple weeks later they start talking about Jones at defensive end but here's Spagnola from back in May here they're inside we all know that um if we move him outside on a, on a number of the snaps and he's going to have to have uh, he's going to be have to be flexible to do both uh we will miss that hopefully we will gain something on the edge when somebody changes a position obviously the first hurdle is the mental part of it so Chris is working through that and he's been great uh, he, he's been here and been part of the whole thing. And I think that's important when you change a position. It's just not that easy to pick up a whole new spot. And we do some different things with the defensive end. So uh, he'll play out there a little bit. You know, we'll move him back inside when we have to. But I think it's a great point that you're making. I think your question is, how do you balance that? I'm not sure how you do that yet. Um, maybe it'll come down to, and I think we'll probably do a little bit of this, we'll come down to who we're playing and where maybe we can find a weakness and uh, maybe expose that weakness, you know, in, in the five offensive linemen. But all of that, we just got to get him used to playing the two spots right now and figure out the rest of it later on. Well, back in May talking about it. Now, Chris Jones was at his press conference the other day, right after he met Cody and Gold, and he was asked about it and said, all right, well, let's not exactly call me a defensive end. Here's Chris Jones. Um, feeling the best weight, though, where I can play inside and out. Because, you know, merely, I'm not a real DN. You know, Spad's going to move me around. Most likely, I'm going to be playing both spots, depend on game plan and uh, who are we playing and what's the best matchup. So I just try to stay, um, put myself at a weight where I can play three take the whole game or play DN the whole game. See, there's the thing, Sean. And as soon as Spag said I said, all right, this, this is cool. Now was, uh, he'll play some defensive end. He'll say maybe 50-50 split. Who knows? But we all know he can get to the quarterback on the outside. He's one of the best pass rushers from the inside in the NFL. That's where, you know, three technique. 
I mean, he's considered the best three technique inside on the defensive line. I mean, he's considered the best. Now he's going to the outside, which, by the way, back at Mississippi State, played every game, started all 13 games last year at defensive tackle. But with the addition of Jaron Reed, like this gives him the flexibility to move more to the outside. But as Spag said, and as Jones said, it depends on the matchup. Because Cody Gold even asked him, too, and he's like, I can't tell you guys exactly where I'm going to be. So if you're the quarter, if you're Baker Mayfield, you're Josh Allen, whoever, one of the things you're looking at and you're cognizant of, like, where's Jones? Because if he's on the inside with Jaron Reed, that is a nasty interior pass rush. It's not. I know Aaron Donald's the best defensive pass rusher, yeah. but those two together, best interior pass rush in the NFL. And call him what you want. Call him Stone Cold. Call him Junk Jones. Call him Chris. Call him whatever you want. Call him defensive tackle. Call him defensive end. Being positionless in the NFL in 2021 is one of the best things that you can be. Hell, look at Tyron Matthew. I mean, on the back of his football card, it's going to say that he's, what, a safety, but a cornerback, linebacker, depends on what you need. Box safety, he's day. lined up. He lines up at linebacker, like he said. The last two years he has, he stands up. Or on the defensive line, you'll see he has defensive line snaps, who stands up. He's everywhere. He created a role that teams are looking How for about now. about Sneed? Remember him? He ended up getting like a sack in, what, three or four straight games Four last straight year. games. So I think that that's not necessarily the individuals. It's more the defense coordinator. As you mentioned, it's more Spags who realizes that he's got these athletic players that can play multiple positions. Don't box them in, right? Don't typecast them. Don't just say, okay, this is what they do well. Let them do a bunch of things well, which is why I think Chris Jones statistically he's not going to be as good as he was a few years ago there's no way i mean anybody that thinks that he's going to get back you know close to having 20 sacks or whatever it was is not going to happen is he better at stopping the run than he was a couple years ago absolutely and is he a more well-rounded player as you mentioned he's not aaron donald but when you talk about defensive stoppers that are 325 plus pounds he might be the second best in the nfl absolutely he's got a motor that doesn't stop it again when he's on the inside with his guy jaron reed i mean that's huge those guys are roommates up here in camp. He even joked with Cody and Gold about how Jaron Reed stopped the toilet one night. I mean, everybody's done that. But the fire alarm went off, too. I don't know how that happened. But, of course, that's going to happen. But they're friends. But, again, you mentioned the honey badger. Again, box safety, safety, slot corner, defensive line. He's lined up a myriad of different places. He, he created literally his own spot. And now teams are looking for their honey badger. Like Isaiah Simmons for Olathe North and went forward to the Cardinals. He was a safety at Clemson. But then he played linebacker, too. Actually won the Buckus Award as the best linebacker. But, again, the hybrid brand. When's he going to get paid? Because I don't think it's a question of do the Chiefs want him or if he's going to get paid. The question, I think, for Tyron Matthew in Kansas City is how much is it going to be, how many years is it going to be, and when is the ink going to dry on the contract? Because it feels like an absolute perfect marriage. And not to say that he wasn't great in Arizona or Houston before, but something happened, man, when Tyron Matthew got here. Remember when they got him in the offseason, Jay? I'm the idiot that came on the radio and said, well, they got him in name, but not necessarily in game. He's getting a little bit older. He was available for a reason. And let's just call it what it is. Tyron Matthew, since he's been in Chiefs uniform, has been one of the best members of any team secondary in the entire NFL. He's been a quarterback of the defense. He was a catalyst for Steve Spagnuolo to be that coach player on the field. He's won, he's won the new contract. He's not been shy about it. He's not old yet either. How he's 29. Old 29 years old. Especially safeties. Because a lot of times good corners will move to safety. Like Jalen Ramsey saying, hey, I'd like to prolong my career. Sure. I'll go to safety eventually. We saw Woodson do it. You know, we've seen, seen uh, Rod Woodson. Remember the Steelers? He went with the Ravens. He went to safety. Happens all the time. I mean, guys do it at safety. But he created kind of a new position uh, around the NFL with the, the days of the 6'3", 250-pound Pepper Johnson linebackers. They're not here. I mean, you got to be flexible. you got to be able to move around. That's why the Chiefs, they put their depth chart out. It's a nickel depth chart. It's guys. All right, here, here's what Matthew did back in 2019. In the slot, 561 snaps, Levine. 
Box safety, 387. Free safety, 207. Defensive line, 91 snaps. Mm. Wide corner, 31 snaps. Total snaps, 1277. This is last year. Safety, 508. Played a little more safety. Slot cornerback, 303. Outside linebacker, 115. Edge, 48. Inside linebacker, 43 times. So 43 times last year he was lined up at inside linebacker. Well, it's kind of like in the NBA. You know, is Kevin Durant a point guard or is he a center? Is LeBron a point guard or a center? They can do it all. You can do it all. You have to be able to do a left cornerback 11, right cornerback 5, interior defensive lineman, three snaps. That's where he's standing up. And, again, no defensive back since he has come in the league, has as many quarterback pressures as Tyron Matthew. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, with Snead getting those four sacks, he probably let two get away. He probably could have had six by the end of the year. And they didn't start that till late. Remember, he had 177 snaps on the outside, 164. Once he got injured, got moved to the nickel on the inside. But he reminded me of the Badger a little bit. In that, getting to the, getting Easy, to the, big fella. Well, he got to the quarterback. It is important. In rank. But he, anyway. Well, Tyron Matthews on his way to the Hall of Fame. Well, Jerry Sneed's on his way to the second season. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if Sneed wouldn't end up with six or seven sacks as a corner? I mean, that's uh, – but he could have. That's the point. Like, they had five straight sacks from corners because DeAndre Baker got one in the game that Sneed took off, that Chargers game. They had five straight games that blood into the postseason of corners getting sacked. We all know who's more valuable and who's a bigger leader because he's been here longer. It's Tyron Matthew. Who's better in the secondary between those two players? Like, heading into this season, do you have more expectations for Snead or for Tyron Matthew? I'm a big power ranking. Oh, power ranking here and now. Hey, we're going to take a timeout for just a second. We're going to some equipment stuff here we need to work on. We'll deal with that. In, in just a second, we'll come back. We'll do the press conference. We'll talk to PG Swing here in just a few minutes. We'll be back. Jay Binkley, Sean Levine. Coverage from training camp with Jay Binkley continues on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.